So back in the olden times, most people would work a nine to five week. But the difference being is when you finished your working day, you'd go home to your wife and your children and you'd have the cooking and house chores all done. Now in the 21st century, you're expected to work even longer, but most people can't even afford to own their own home, let alone have their wife not even have a job. So today in our podcast titled I Hate Capitalism, me and Holly are going to be talking about why we hate modern work, um, how much it distracts from the things that are important and just the things I guess we could suggest to change stuff and just our main, I guess, pet peeves and grievances with everything. So me and Holly have both had a couple jobs, but Holly's actually been working a fair bit longer than I have, and she is currently unemployed. So we'll start with Holly and just talk about your background with work in general from the early years as a teenager, and then talk about your latest roles and just give us a brief overview of how you felt about work before we get, you know, a more deep dive into our real feelings. Yeah, so I guess the real problem with work for me is full-time work, right? Would you agree? Full-time work, yeah. Yeah, so we both had, like, part-time... City work. Yeah, yeah. So we both had part-time jobs growing up. Um, My first job was when I was 16 or 17 in a bar too young to be working in yeah. a bar but like this bar I don't care a church bar yeah um which is even more ironic yeah. um yeah like a members club so yeah I started there um then I've worked like another pub job and like briefly hospitality like just bits and bobs um what else have I done did like a student uh media role didn't pay very well so just yeah. kind of like over the years like pocket money just to kind of keep you going um and then my first proper job... She did part-time at NME. Yeah, okay, so after I did my journalism course, I I was an intern at NME. Oh, before that, I did a, a little bit of, like, shift work at The Sun. Yeah. But we pretend that didn't happen. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, then my first full-time job was May 2019. Yeah, which yeah. I was in for just short of a year... Before I got made redundant due to COVID, uh, yeah. yeah. And, and we'll talk about how how lucky a lucky escape you were given. Yeah. Um, a bit later. Yeah, very relevant. So, why don't you explain briefly your sort of yeah. class roles? Um, so for me, I haven't been as work working as much as Holly or as long. So, um, when I was sixteen, I got my first job working at um, Twickenham Stadium in um, a variety of roles, but I worked for the actual rugby football union rather than a lot of the contractors who pay a lot worse money was pretty good about nine pound an hour when you're 16 shifts were quite irregular oh, yeah. but just quickly my first job was five pound an hour yeah so <laughs> but um but the, the money uh, i guess the shifts were quite irregular um it was okay hard hard work standing around for like 12 hours all day tiny lunch break where you spend most of it walking to the local tesco um but i liked rugby so kind of cool going on like a big day like england versus new zealand Sometimes you get to watch it in the shop because if you're doing security... Um, be on the TV. Yeah, it'll be yeah. on the TV. So that was okay. So then I just went to uni. Didn't work during uni, um, which was good because it was a nice relaxing time. Got out of uni, did my master's, finished that, and then I guess threw myself into my YouTube while doing a content writing position part-time. Not very long, maybe like a couple articles a month. Then I started full-time work in November 2019, and I'm still doing it today as a pharmaceutical journalist and yeah like holly it's in it's in the city it's in london and we live in i guess greater london so you have to commute in every day and that's the background for both of us so a lot of you who'll be working will think we've had it pretty easy so i'm sure a lot of you have a you know more passionate i guess criticism of of the workplace and workplace culture than we do but um we still have a lot of problems so to start with i guess I think work-life balance may be something to start with, yeah. um, which is the main thing for us. So um, I'll describe my current life, and then you can describe what your schedule was when you had a full-time job, yeah, yeah. and then we can talk about the problems there. So currently, I wake up every day at 6.30. I catch the 7.20 uh, train, uh, so I leave my house at 7 o'clock every day. Um, and my work is 8.30 to 5.30, and I get home about 7 p.m. every day. So it's about 12 hours overall. 
Um, on several nights a week, I play football um, straight afterwards, and that's pretty much my evening done. When I'm not playing football, I normally do a double of making a YouTube video and doing weights in my room. So I'm pretty busy all week, and then Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I normally have off. Currently, I'm playing football on Saturday morning now. So yeah, not a lot of free time, uh, and the commute adds a significant amount of uh, hours onto into my job. And I know we spoke about it when we were both working at the same time. Your old schedule was quite similar to mine in the yeah. sense that you were always pretty busy when you weren't working. Yeah, so my schedule was... I woke up at 7, which seems pretty late, but that's because... I would do everything I needed to the night before, so I could yeah. pretty much roll out of bed and leave. So I'd I'd get up at seven, be leaving by seven thirty. But that's because my dad drives me to this, used to drive me to the station. Otherwise, I'd have to get up earlier to get the bus. So yeah, then get into work and start at eight forty five in North London. So probably probably like an hour commute in the morning, yeah. um, hour and a half to two hours on the way back, depending on how bad it was. Um, but yeah, like two times a week, I'd go straight to my dance class, which was like another three, three and a half hours. Get in at like 11 on those nights, eat dinner, sh- like shower, bed in bed by 12, do the whole thing the next day. Yeah. I had, um, uh, yeah, so two dance classes a week. I'd dance or, or train or go to the gym all the other days. Then I'd have two long dance classes on the weekends so that pretty much took up like all my free time and then in the, in the free time I had I guess I'd see you um, yeah. and obviously like we know it kind of turned into an evening if that a week yeah. that we could see each other because we're both super busy yeah yeah um, and then I know you're similar on the latest we'd be going to bed about one thirty, sometimes to me 2 a.m and then getting up at 6 30 so about four hours and a half sleep at yeah. my and to be honest the most I can hope for is about six hours People tell you, get eight hours. Impossible. First of all, it's not physically po- possible. And I've read studies about people, they, they don't let themselves go to sleep because they're trying to enjoy the time away from work. Mm-hmm. So um, so we talked about our schedule and how much it damages everything. So let's get into the first thing about the commute. So you work from home along with me to start with. And it makes you realise how pointless the commute is, especially these COVID days. Yeah, because yeah. You, you work at home for a bit and I work at home for about five months. Um, mm-hmm. So you realise how, and I'm back in the office now, which has made me realise how pointless it is. So on those days, you know, jump out of bed at 8.30, start work, and then, you know, you finish at 5.30, and then you're home. And mm-hmm. and the amount of physical, I guess, toll, it do, I guess the physical toll commuting takes on you, I guess, cannot be understated, because my back has been hurting yeah. bad lately, just from sitting down all the time. And my commute's not even that bad in terms of, I got one train that I can sit down on, and then I either walk half an hour or get the tube. Um, so it's not even that bad, but sometimes you'll wake up and feel okay, and then you'll be getting the train, then you'll be tired when you get into work. Or you'll feel okay leaving work, and by the time you get home, because of the extra hour and a half, you'll be so physically exhausted. Yeah. Also, another hour and a half of sitting down, yeah. which you don't want to do. And then, not to mention how, like for me, I get home, seven, eat my dinner, lay in bed maybe for an hour just so my back <laughs> feels all right, and yeah. then I get on with everything else I need to do. And the problem is, when you when your day is so filled by a load, a load of you know wasted hours is that like you know the sleep stuff and everything like that is happening but at the same time um it really drains your energy for creative things and that's something we talked about a lot so the modern like capitalist workplace and and where your boss has all the power to to make you do these commutes and not be flexible like uh my boss uh specifically or like general workplaces and everything is is it frustrating because you know, you've got that choice when you get home. Do I sit down and play video games and watch TV? Which yeah. is a nice thing to do, and I'd love to do that every single day to, to wind down. But then that becomes, to a lot of people, the only answer because it's too hard to do anything else because you're so tired. And me and you have spoken about in the past. You literally have to turn off your brain. Mm-hmm. You cannot think about your life because if you do, you'll think about how hard it is to fit everything in. And, and me and you are lucky in the sense that I guess we live at home, so a lot of the general responsibilities are taken away, you know, cleaning, washing, making food. Yeah. But also, um, we're lucky in the sense that we have the drive. And it's not saying, you know, I, I understand why people don't, because it's so hard, and especially if you have children, have more responsibilities. But we're lucky we have that attitude where we can really do it. And then I was speaking to you today about, I want to do everything when I'm young, because when you're older, you don't get yeah, to yeah. do it. So that's why I push myself to literally you know there isn't basically there isn't a minute in my life in the week that isn't filled up with something that's how busy I am and I know you're the same but 
you, you'll feel it too. I, I've spoken to you. I used to write my book at lunch and now I can't be bothered. So it means yeah. I don't write it. Yeah. And I really want to write that because I spoke to you about all my ideas. But in this ca- counter system as well, you're just designed to be a cog in the machine. You're designed to be a worker. That's all you're seen as, you know, good for. So if, you know, you're spending 12 hours a day, which is quite an obscene amount of time, just on the work day, mm. what, what, how, your brain is fried at the end of the day. You know, it's, it's yeah. hard to come up with ideas for creative things. It's hard to have the drive to creative things. For me, every day, I just fight the urge to come home and sleep yeah. or, or, or just chill and play video games. And I don't play video games anymore. And that's one thing I would love to play more of and I've had to give up because that's the problem with the modern work day. Because, like I framed at the start of the podcast, you don't have a wife taking care of everything. That's what it was designed for. It was one, the man would provide for the family. He would do the nine to five. Mm. Everyone else in the household wouldn't. But now it's like you both have to do it. Mm. So you both are ruining your health and your lives while on top of everything else. And then just one to round it off, it's just, you know, like I'm saying, and and I sympathise with a lot of people not being creative because it ruins all that stuff, essentially. Yeah, and speaking of what you said about how you have to turn your brain off... um, the way that I did that on my commute was listening to a podcast or, um, yes, you might be listening to this on your commute, who knows? Or well, it's, it's like the Dettel advert says, uh, get an hour to yourself in the morning. <laughs> yeah. um, or read a book. Yeah. And if I was into a really good book at the time, that really did transform my commute for me. And it made me feel good knowing I was using that time for something valuable that I never really found the time to do at home when I like had free time to do whatever yeah. I wanted. But to spin that back on you... I think at some points you're just too tired to do it. Like I used to play, yeah, I used to play The Witcher three in the morning, and I used to play it on the way back, and that was okay. But now I'm just so tired, I just sleep on the way back and on well, the way. Well, you're lucky because <laughs> I so can't sleep, yeah. you get the overground to the, for the most part of yeah. your commute. I got the one of the busiest tube lines in London, and I would get a seat maybe once every three or four weeks. Yeah, yeah, no. So I, I, I'd never ever get a seat, couldn't sleep, and we're talking like sardines. Yeah. You know, it wasn't it wasn't spacious and just awful commute every day, like always busy. The only thing that would maybe make it a bit more bearable is if it was a sunny day. Yeah. <laughs> um but um I guess the one lucky thing for you you didn't have to walk a lot, I guess. N- yeah. I mean I had to walk a decent amount and yeah. there was a there was a like three month period where our car was really broken and it was the worst oh my god yeah so um it would be like instead of waking up and getting a lift to the station which is only like a five minute drive it meant getting up earlier waiting for the bus getting the bus to the tube that was okay in the morning on the way home oh my god the way way, yeah and just like the buses are so bad and irregular on the way home even in london and like everyone piles out of the tube station waiting at the bus stop dark dingy i used to just stare at like the underpass of a, of a bridge and just be like this is so depressing yeah and some days i just get in so so late and thank god i had like my mum to be making dinner and my dinner would be ready when i got back but it just used to put me in the foulest mood and just to go back to what you're saying about creativity and stuff so yeah i worked from home for maybe like two weeks yeah. like during covid Got, then got put on furlough and then eventually got made redundant and like you said we'll go into that um i won't i'm, I'm conscious to not use this podcast as like my therapy because i was i could say a lot about that but well, it, as, well, it, we'll put that in the office politics section a bit we'll, we'll yeah, talk yeah. about the other stuff um first. but yeah like in terms of creativity oh my god i know covid is such an awful thing that's happened to the world but for my mental health that was the best thing that could have happened to me. And my creativity was just through the roof. Like as soon as that happened, the amount of projects and things I've been working on through COVID and like rediscovered what my passions are. And yeah, even though I say I'm unemployed, I'm still doing freelance work and and making a bit of money, but it's like having the motivation to do that. And for example, like working in journalism, I know a lot of people who have maybe gone into PR or some kind of media job, but it's not, 100% 100% journalism and then they say oh, I try and freelance when I get the time when that was me when I went into my job which wasn't strictly like articles and stuff yeah. I was like yeah I'll try and freelance on the side impossible because what do you do in your spare time you want to sleep yeah. yeah well I think that's a good I guess account of the consumer cons- con- not consumer um, commuter culture mm. and um, for me personally yeah COVID the best thing about COVID was working working from home in terms of uh, my YouTube went from 8k to 11.3k. That's how that's how yeah, many yeah. subs I got because I could work on my YouTube way more. 
get three decent videos up a week without really stressing myself about them. Mm -hmm. Didn't have to stay up all night doing them. Um, could exercise way more. It was a bit annoying being cooped up in the house, but that's not the works. That's not anything to do with work. It's just coronavirus. Mm -hmm. um, but then, you know, you could, if you were tired during the day, lay down in your bed, go for yeah, a nap yeah. at lunch, relax a bit. If it, you know, if you're not fe if you're not even feeling well, you have your food and stuff at home. You can go down, get whatever you want, and you know, use the bathroom comfortably, and, have and a shower. Speaking of like laying down, um, my back. You when you were talking about like your back and stuff yeah. in the office, my back and in between your shoulder blades, it used to be in so much pain. And I was just like, this is so bad and wrong and unnatural for yeah. the human body to have to do. And then uh, when I was working from home. I would start the half, first half of the day at my desk and then I'd be on my bed by the afternoon because I had to put my back against some pillows. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's just like, it's it's just, I can't even believe that you have to put your back through yeah. that. Like, and, it's horrible. And you would hope that COVID would be a general restructuring because I was saying to, because talking about capitalism and stuff where the boss has all the power, you're, you were thinking, you'd think most bosses would see COVID and be like, right, I can do most of my work without paying insane rent. But yeah. the problem with me and you is that we work for companies where the owner is our boss, like yeah, directly. Yeah. So she, um, in both cases, the she, ha has all the power. Not that that makes any difference. Not that makes any story. difference, but it's just a, a weird coincidence. And uh, if we're going to like segue into like office politics, but I just want to end the segment saying... You um, so I think my work week is fifty six hours. I get paid twenty one k. If I was going for a normal um, year, three thousand of that would be spent on the train. Yeah. Uh, probably another couple thousand on food because you know you might be hungry, you might not have enough, and you do all that just to go to work, a job you hate or, or 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 just work like the concept you hate, which I definitely do, mm -hmm. and destroy your physical health, destroy your <laughs> mental health destroy any creative output, destroy any of your goals in life. <laughs> and if you actually want to do them, you have to spend every single minute of your free time in the week actually doing them, fighting against your body and your mind yeah. to um, be active. You know, I've dragged myself to football sometimes. Like, like physically, I just don't want to go, but I will go. And thankfully, I do it normally... I'm really grateful for going because I feel better afterwards mm. and, and I did have the physical ability to do it but I don't get much sleep I, I said that to you today like my yeah. my dancing was the the only thing that sort of like balanced out yeah. my horrible work life and and it's telling you have to sedate yourself with all these distractions like I played football twice in the week last week and it made the week go pretty quick because yeah, I go football forget about it it felt like work was like a mile away and then I'd sleep a bit earlier because I, I'd give me myself just that night physical activity also yeah, can I just say, yeah. if, if you don't... This is why I think physical activity and having some kind of hobby which isn't just the gym, like having a sport or an activity as your exercise yeah. is so important because, like, you know, I would be so stressed at work, then I'd go to dancing and be stressed about dancing and it would just give you a bit of perspective and be like, yeah. okay, like, there is life outside of work and I yeah. think if you just work, go home and stew on the work day all day, you don't have any yeah. outlet and that becomes your life and that yeah. becomes like all you think is important also yeah you see your friends uh, if you're good at the sport I always feel good after playing because I normally play pretty well um, but to just um, so we're taking the office environment and let's go to like office politics in general just like workday stuff so um, a big thing for me that realised you know this coronavirus I got sent back to the office in August the government have currently told people not to work in the office but guess yeah. who's still working in the office it's me um, what it made me realise and I think how work radicalizes you my, my workplace isn't even bad I, my colleagues are fine um the job is fine um the hours are a bit too long the money's bad but yeah the environment isn't bad but the but making you realize your boss has so much control of your life and we're lucky enough that you know we say we lived at home so we're not out on the street if we lose our job but a lot of people could be basically and um with coronavirus it's like my boss will force me back in despite the threat to like general health of people in the office my yeah. my my office i'll just say for the record in case like it ever comes up later and anything significant that my office is definitely not covered secure bad ventilation loads of choke points um it's getting colder so no windows gonna be open anymore too many people in a small space again but because our government is so wishy-washy the advice and everything my boss who wants everyone in just to see that they're working can do what, do what she wants basically and it makes you realize the, the power dynamic in, in, in a just society everything would be up for a vote in the office. Do you guys feel yeah. safe coming in? I'd, or, or it'd be inflexible. 
that's another thing. Why, why if, if you've proven yourself like we did during the five months, we can work from home, especially me, me and my team who work on a specific magazine. But there's no flexibility there. Do you want to come in three days a week? Do you want to come in two days a week? Do you want to work from home full time or just come in when you need me? There's nothing there. It's like, I have to see you working. Even though at work, I fuck around so much more because at five o'clock, I'm checked out. I'm not working anymore. And I told you, I probably should have done more work on the last Friday. That's what everyone says. If yeah. you're at home, you have to prove that you're doing work. Yeah. When you're in the office, you just have and, to turn And the thing off. is, with my job specifically, you can't get away with not doing it because you have you have monthly deadlines. You yeah. have you have mid-daily deadlines. You have to show for If it. you don't do the work, you'll be found out within like an hour. Yeah. So the fact that, you know, my boss, and I'm sure a lot of people can relate, won't trust you despite you earning that trust, proving yourself, mm. just because their own personal style is, I want to see you working. What am I paying for? I think you're just chilling in bed. But again, it's so irrational because even if I was chilling in bed all day, I'm still doing the work. Yeah. And, and then you'd think they'd see the savings of people working from home using their own power, using their own computers, I don't have to pay rent. And you'd hope that changed their mind. But it's just a general distrust and scepticism. And I know because this is a bit different for you, but let's get into how a boss's personality and management style can basically ruin your life and just affect you so (laughs) much because (laughs) they don't want to change. They can't see reason. Mm -hmm. And how there is no security against that. There is no barrier even me joining the union the union feels pretty toothless and useless um because the government especially in a situation of crisis like this is so wishy-washy about what is right in the face of you know a global health crisis so let's get into how your boss was really really bad and essentially radicalized you more than a lot of things i guess reading books or anything could yeah, yeah. do so uh, it's your um main job that you got made redundant from yeah and then we can talk about the story of how lucky you got at the end of it, which is probably a bit of a silver lining. So, yeah. so you started working there, and I remember you used to say to me, uh, even though your boss wasn't the nicest, she generally left you alone. So yeah. you can talk about that a bit. Yeah, so I'm going to be conscious to not go too deep into this, because I do think I'd, I could actually go and see a therapist to talk about this. <laughs> yeah. So, but um, don't withhold back. I've talked about my current boss. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm talking about this from a much better place in my life now, but obviously you saw everything I went through. Like, I started this job, and coming from the job I was in before, it seemed like a very nice, um, friendly, chatty, sociable workplace. Lots of, like, young, cool, friendly people my boss I thought was very nice to start with I really liked the interview process I just got loads of good vibes from it and um you know I said to you today I'm I don't dislike criticism I really appreciate constructive criticism and I like being made to feel like you you can grow and improve and all that kind of stuff so it was looking so good to start with but it was an insane workload and I was so unbelievably stressed for say the first three months that I was there and you know you're you're trying to work out what's normal what's a normal workload how you should be balancing your work and all that stuff so it was fine like any new job is quite stressful um and then I just started to get red flags basically like I won't go into too much detail but just very very uh toxic boss um love to like embarrass people by like calling out their flaws and their mistakes and like my boss was very insecure and really projected that on other people and you know I could talk about this until the cows come home but that's basically the overall gist of it and then the longer I stayed there the worse and worse it got and the better I got to know my colleagues the more I heard from them about the kind of person she is and stuff and it was really um it was really quite like a eye-opening process to Um, experience to go through because you go in as like a wide-eyed like keen person you know I was like fresh from like this um uh course like best journalism school in the country like I've got so much to offer I have so many skills like I'm I'm really keen blah 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 and then day by day your spirit and your abilities and your personality just gets beaten down until you are an insecure um mess basically and you know that's not the case in every job and the the roles that I was in before this briefly I you know didn't go through this so like I I have some perspective I know what's normal and what's not and it, it's just amazing to me even someone like me who I I see myself as like strong-headed independent um I won't I won't be beaten down or whatever like just just for reference when I started this job a girl was very honest with me and she said 
if you can get another job then do and I said to her oh I like to think I'm I'm quite thick-skinned and she said to me we all do yeah and like that her saying that has just it it carries more weight now where I'm at in my life having gone through that job and yeah so I'm just I was completely shocked by how much this woman beat me down and and ruined my like mental being and it kind of um we'd say she'd have like a flavor of the month where she'd just pick on you and you know it was bullying it was a bullying culture and when you're in a job where like you said the owner is the boss there's no one to hold them accountable there's no one to balance them out there's no um there was no hr in my office that there was external hr there's none i know about which apparently you legally have to have one i'm sure there's some like externally externally sourced yeah. yeah and you know it's so problematic when they're not in the office and just yeah like office politics blah 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 all that kind of stuff and um where was i going with this yeah just awful job and yeah um in terms of like radicalizing me and whatever it's It's just just, it's too much power to have over someone's life yeah yeah oh yes that's what i was going to say like um it just yeah it it was it was it was it was bad like the the bad days were very bad and but the thing is when she wasn't there it was good it was a good job and the good days were good but the bad days were unbearable and then when it was working from home bit like your boss didn't trust people that's when it just got so awful and to like push me to my to my limit um so should i say about when i no so yeah you you were you were thinking of quitting um because you just couldn't handle how bad your boss was being and everything um and i was one of the people who told you to quit Mm -hmm. and your parents are sort of split even though they did support you yeah sort of turning to reconsider a bit and uh um but then just before you were going to quit like literally you were going to quit on the day and then you taught yourself out of it but then you were still going to go through with it you got some i guess really great news from someone who's just (laughs) just because i told you that you know you might be you might have a job till next year which yeah. um, is probably going to come true, I reckon, just because of how the economy is. <laughs> we'll see, we'll but see. Uh, luckily for you, you probably had uh, the best best surprise ever, and probably had one of the more enjoyable lockdown periods because <laughs> you found out you were being put on the furlough scheme yeah. just before, and you know you were going to say you. It, it would. It's just your luck that the person who's going to quit is just being told they can have months of a salary which is better than mine without working so yeah 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 so like um basically it got to the last straw i was i was extremely extremely unhappy physically suffering from this job just awful awful like couldn't take it anymore had like a really serious chat with my parents about what to do and like you said they were like you can either talk to them or you can quit or support you either way And, And, and and i told you to quit because as someone who's had bad health problems and i pro- it probably was triggered by anxiety and stress i told you don't, you don't want to cause yourself some pain that could last a yeah. long time so it's better to quit now yeah and I, I spoke to my friend who was in a very toxic job as well before her current one and she said it is so much easier to stay than it is to go and yeah. my god that's true like i was literally as unhappy as i could be and it was so hard to quit yeah. and I literally when I asked my boss my sorry not my boss my like uh, manager to speak to her and within the time that I waited for her to call me I decided not to quit I said I'm going to talk it out and I wrote down what I wanted to say and I wrote it down and I rewrote it and I condensed it and I was like I'm going to be you know I just wanted to be like you treat me so badly like why is why is the boss such a bitch but I just wanted to be like you know just say all that kind of stuff I was like right I'm going to structure it constructively and be like this is the problem I want a solution and um, and just to remind me, I want to talk about bosses' mindset, like who they think they are to you <laughs> yeah, yeah. before we end this. Um, and basically, yeah, within when, in the time I was waiting for my manager to call me, I was I was like, I, I emailed her to ask to speak to her with the intention of quitting. While I waited for her to call me, I, t- I changed my mind and I thought, okay, I'm going to talk it out. Biggest mistake of my life. Absolutely awful. Completely gaslighted me. Made me think it was my fault. Made yeah. me think I couldn't do my job. Um, just awful, like oh my god and then i was like i need to call her back and quit like can't wait till the end of the day blah 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 and she was like you know i'll get the the boss of the company to call you and speak to you she didn't call me the next sorry that evening they send out an email saying um you're all gonna find out if you're gonna get furloughed or not so i was like please god maybe that conversation put you on furlough early 
Huh? Maybe it put you on furlough early, so you you were one of the first to be put on furlough. I mean, yeah, well, quite a few of us, surprisingly, were put on furlough. We're a very small company anyway, but yeah, then I got a call the next day. And, you know, my boss had to make the jab that, you know, my managers were frustrated with my work, which yeah. is crap. Like, you know, people would throw you under the bus in an instant yeah. and just, I was like, whatever. You had to get that in, even though you knew you were putting me on furlough you, anyway. Don't let me don't let me go off on a tangent because it won't ever end. Um, yeah, and then she said, um, yeah. So she was like, we'll talk about that when we get back to the office, knowing full well I would never be returning yeah. to the office. And you know that annoyed me because I was like, well, you think that something that's troubled me this much can just wait? You should yeah. be talking to me about that now, regardless of whether I'm coming back or not. Anyway, she says I'm being put on furlough. I was so happy, so happy. One of the best days ever. That day after I I let it all out and I spoke to them, I felt like a weight had been lifted yeah. and I was like, I don't have to be scared anymore because I've said what I have to yeah. say, blah, blah, blah. And just but... apologise for the dog barking. It's just something that happens <laughs> yeah. a lot. But, um, he he yeah. seems to know when we're doing the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so then um, got put on furlough for, when was that? That was March, April, May, June. So four end months? Of Ju- end of July. Yeah. And well, it July was, is when you got made It redundant. was the best time <laughs> of my life. Yeah. I recovered so <laughs> well, like mentally, physically. I just... I will never forget that time. And it was like, oh my God, if there was a God, (laughs) that was divine intervention. (laughs) I swear to God. And I, I've always said to you, um, I, I, so again, sorry about, (laughs) sorry about the dog. Uh, you've made this fight. It it will stop barking for a sec, but I, I said to you, uh, I had a period where after I graduated university, um, for my masters, I had a year of being unemployed and I, the stress of being rejected and also the stress of playing football quite seriously i think gave me serious neurological problems and i think that speaks a lot to um how how your value to a lot of people is determined by your job i I know me and you don't see it that way but then i said to you you're so lucky you're having guilt-free full-time paid holiday and you're getting about a thousand four hundred a month which is the same as what i make for working full-time at the moment and when I was unemployed, I was making like a hundred quid a month and grinding that out on YouTube and freelance writing. So, yeah, so silver lining to the awful experience. Again, sorry oh my about the talk. God. <laughs> um, but um, I, I do want to talk about bosses and who bosses think they are. So basically, um, multiple times during this COVID period, and I get it's a stressful time for bosses. Um, I don't feel too much sympathy of bosses of companies like this who make a lot of money, um, but. I've had my boss shout at me for our magazine not making enough revenue. And she's frequently brought up that she pays my salary. Also brought up she didn't put me on furlough, which I don't know if she understands that furlough means I don't work because I've worked every day since lockdown started, basically, in the week. And it made me realise, and I spoke to my manager, that this woman does not pay my salary because she runs a charity. I work for it. And the pay is bad. You're doing them a favour more than they're doing Well, it's a favor. social contract. I'll work for you. You'll pay me. You're not some benevolent person yeah. who's given me money. If you were paying me like 50k a year, maybe I'd see it <laughs> that way a bit more. But you're paying me bare minimum. And like we've said, work makes you realise how some stuff that you thought was illegal isn't. I don't get sick days. And I get minimum holiday days. And you have to take... You can't... I started, annoyingly to them, I started taking my sick days as unpaid. Literally just, I'm not coming in today, so don't pay me. Apparently that's not allowed either. Yeah. You have to take a paid holiday to go to the doctors. Can I just say uh, a funny story? Yeah. One time Connor was feeling really unwell at work, so he left in the afternoon, <laughs> got the train home, threw up in a bush, <laughs> and then texted me saying he's literally had to book holiday to get sick in a bush. <laughs> and the worst part is, and, and my manager, I, I do like and everything, but she was mad. I told her I was going, and I'm like, I'm about to puke. I'm telling you I'm going because I'm not asking. I'm just going because this is my holiday I'm taking to go be sick in a bush and lie in my bed feeling like crack. So I had neurovirus just before coronavirus, ironically. Um, but apparently I have got brought up in my, my probation review that me taking days off looks bad. I literally took days off to go get a blood test. Um, and I think... To be sick, it was one other, and I think I went to the doctors one more time in January just to uh, ask about my health problems, and that got brought up in my review. Oh, maybe take a couple of days off, and to, I still have nine days left on my holiday, so I can't have taken that many days off. Um, and yeah, so the boss, the boss, 
I think, and, and you know, she's cry she, my boss has dumped a load of more stuff for me to do at work, crying about like money and revenue. When you have a second home and in a nice part of the country and you send your son to private school, I don't feel too much sympathy. I don't feel bad. You're paying me the bare minimum. You don't trust me. I don't get any benefits from working here. So, like, who who do you see yourself as? And, and I've heard her bring up, I pay your salary, I pay your salary. Like, who the hell? You you pay someone because they work for you. You would not say to a builder or a plumber, I pay your salary, yeah. do do this or do that. You wouldn't bring up, it's like, you're coming here to um, do me a job. And that's yeah, literally yeah. The, the end of it. Like, you, you pay to get your phone repaired. Yeah. You wouldn't go on, I'm paying for the phone <laughs> repair. Like, yeah. you owe me something more, yeah. more than the work you're doing, basically. And can I just say, the amount of guilt you feel for taking a sick day is yeah. unreal and it's just like i think i took one or two sick days in the whole year that i was there and made to not made to feel but implicitly made to feel awful yeah. about it and seeing the way that other people were spoken about when they took sick days and it's just like you've got such a small company of course people are going to be off sick like r rotating yeah. and you know if one person gets cold like we're all going to be in the office with a cold and yeah. i'd be there like sneezing my guts out and like thankfully my manager was quite sympathetic about that but my actual boss like i left one oh my god it was awful one time i had to leave right as she was getting into work like walk past her on the yeah. stairs and my, my colleague said that someone my colleague told me that she was like has holly just gone home <laughs> like why i'm ill for god's yeah. sake and it's like yeah i remember like i know that some companies offer like mental health days my company definitely did not but obviously with how much i went through at this company i was like suffering so badly and i remember one day i was like i'm going to take a day off to reset because that one day will make a huge difference I did that and before. i did and i felt amazing but you're made like implicitly like i said made to feel so guilty about it yeah. one day ha makes an amazing difference and yeah. you're made to feel so bad about it yeah oh. again try and ignore the dog like like we are free talking <laughs> but um no like uh, no I, t I totally get that and it's just like we we both work for companies which take the worst parts of corporate culture and mix them from the worst part as a maybe like a what's the word for a business like a, a family run business like where where your boss is the owner so so a lot of my friends will work for corporations and i think corporations are scared they're going to get sued yeah by people um so mental health days is actually a thing like i know people where someone took like four months off for mental health and they really? kept their job yeah um oh. in my, one of my friends companies um all my friends working from home till january most of them have just had that extended because they're yeah. saying these new restrictions going for the next six months no questions asked, no feeling guilty, know that I'm doing you a favour by you working from home. Mm -hmm. It's, no, this is the situation. Yeah, we don't like it and we're going to have to adapt. And and the sort of special, like, that. that's what, you know, obviously we have a really pro-business, pro-corporate government. And it'd just be nice if they thought about the workers uh, for once. And, you know, it's just the, the opinion of, of bosses and, and the exploitation and, and how they think they... Not not they owe, but you owe them something. Mm. You owe them the work, and that's it. Yeah. You don't owe them more than that. If you have sick days, you legally have to give them. That shouldn't be held against you. If you have holiday days, you can use them. I don't understand any guilting about this and oh, special restrictions. And yeah, can I just say during during um, working from home, I was one of the only people who started on time. Yeah. On time. In fact, five minutes early every day. Yeah. Other people were starting at eight o'clock why i don't know <laughs> yeah. like suck up to the boss and then i got told off for it yeah i got told off for not starting early well that, that, just... that the people the thing is I, I leave i leave work on the dot five for eight every day because yeah. i'm not giving this company one more bit of my time and as time's gone it gone on i come late now i come like five minutes late to work because it's like i can either get an earlier train and be on time or get a later one and be five minutes late and i'm like i literally and it's like it's like, do you want me to give more and show that I care about this company? How about you take care of me more? That's the How about you that, show that you that, care that, about that's me? That's what I said to you. Like, I, I've been you know, having you know, multiple job interviews lately, which sound really nice because these companies would have treated me better. But it's like, if, if, it's, if my boss let me work from home, I'd be pretty comfortable just working there for a lot longer and, yeah. and, I, wouldn't, and I wouldn't complain because I'm like, I can work from home. But because she treats me so bad... And, and the thing is, what people don't understand is... You know, it's not like I'm, you know, some Egyptian slave being whipped while pushing a massive block, or it's not like I'm working in like a coal mine and being treated like awful. Yeah. It's different now. It's that people know 
they it's like old style. They know they have control of your lives. They know they can threaten you with it. And it's like Jim Sterling's a gaming YouTuber I, I follow. He talks about the gun to your head, where you're talking about starting early, and it's a big problem in game development, where people will work late without being told. Yeah. So therefore, if you're not working late with everyone else, it makes you look bad. But yeah. again, your contract is not, I'm going to work overtime. A lot of these people don't yeah, get paid yeah. for overtime. So it's this, it's this culture they, they, they foster. And, and like with my, my work at the moment, I've been dumped a load more responsibilities, no talk of a bonus, extra pay, and I want to say I'm not doing that. Like you, yeah. you hired me for this role. You didn't hire me for these roles. And just because this company's run poorly, where we should hire more people, I shouldn't be doing this. But then, what's going to happen? I'm gonna make myself look bad. She's gonna be skeptical, and that's like one more strike against me for potentially b- being kicked out the door. And again, I don't know this. This dog's probably pretty good, but I, I have to just go on a tangent about the dog. So basically, they bought this dog a couple years ago. And about 9.30 to about 1.30, it gets let out multiple times to just bark like crazy. And it's been doing this for like a year. And I think the only reason they haven't complained about us making noise is because the trade-off is they can let this dog out. Literally, <laughs> it's like the same time every night, though. I have to... Like, if I'm about to record YouTube at 10, I consider the dog coming out <laughs> because it's like he'll, he'll come out and start barking. So, no, that's an annoying part, especially, like we're saying, when you're on a tight schedule from work and everything, you don't want this dog, like, ruining <laughs> the only time you have left. But, um, yeah, so we talked a lot about bosses and, and, and everything. Can so, I just say one more thing okay, about bosses? Yeah, sure. Is, um, you know, we're lucky that we haven't worked somewhere like Amazon or, like, I don't know, the Ellen Show. Like, where... Yeah, American Amazon or, like, yeah. certain game companies that are the worst examples. Yeah, I've where there's, stuff. you know, really bad human rights abuses and just awful work environment you know it could be worse it could be worse yeah but we were talking today about how anxiety is so prevalent because of the because of the conditions created that you have to work in and you know i was saying to you i've never had anxiety in my life but i had awful anxious episodes like awful during this job and it's because of an environment that's been created that shouldn't be allowed to exist so it's like you want to complain or do something about things that toxic bosses do, but what can you do? You can't go to someone and be like, "She's being really horrible yeah. about my work." But it's it's not that they're it's not even that they're like criticizing your work. It's like they'll make you feel like you're a terrible person yeah. or you're an idiot or and it's like so much of their own insecurities and and you can see that so clearly when you take a step back. But when you're in it, it's 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 like you're just getting drowned and crushed and and you've said before like they break you down until the point where you have no personality left and you know if i didn't have my dancing and stuff and if i didn't have that outlet outside of work i don't know what kind of person i would be like right now well the title of this podcast hopefully is i hate capitalism and you might be listening through this yeah and wondering (laughs) you haven't really spoke about capitalism but we we have in many ways in terms of the the power dynamic at work but then if we expand this to the government we currently have you know one of the most shamelessly pro-capitalist governments yeah. in our lifetime in that the sense there's no bottom of the barrel to loot the country, waste 12 billion on a track and trace based on a Tory uh, peer's wife's you know company. Guilt-tripping um, people going into, back to work. into not going to Pret and keeping Pret in And, and now it's led business. to a massive spike in coronavirus cases, going back to the office early, giving bosses all this power. And, and the problem is, you know, recently there's been a report that now in schools... You can't teach um, material from people who are anti-capitalist, even if the material isn't anti-capitalist. And you can't teach specific anti-capitalist things. And this is largely a topic for another podcast in terms of British education. But in terms of, you know, these rules, you can't even teach George Orwell anymore, which is like a pretty much a staple of schools, like Animal Farm specifically, Mm -hmm. but 1984 as well. And the depressing thing is we've all been brainwashed so, so, so much. And I am... I'm glad people like Andrew Yang, as much as I disagree with, I guess, maybe his economic views, the UBI stuff in terms of helping people's quality of life. And and what I don't understand, and I think it speaks to a lot of, you know, the death cult nature of capitalism. If I was one of these capitalist rulers right now, I'd be thinking we have to change things or it's not going to survive. People yeah. are going to get sick and uh, enough of a system just that they did in Egypt and, and the, you know, the Arab countries in 2011 they were sick of it. They were sick of capitalism and people don't talk about it. They make it seem that they were sick of Mubarak and, and all these you know, dictators. They weren't sick of him necessarily. They were sick of the economic conditions. They were sick of this system that were all imposed upon 
but we're worse in many countries in that we get so defensive about it. Yeah. You know, you're a Marxist is a, is a slur. You're a you're a communist. Mm-hmm. Uh, essentially, what a communist means is that you want everyone to be free to live their lives and not be a cog in a capitalist machine yeah. where my boss will probably make. 300k probably more i don't know how much money she'll make a year well i make 21k and have to give over my whole life i've seen her go out of the office for you know sick leave or or get into the doctors leave whenever you want Mm -hmm. i'm sure the boss puts in a lot of work that i don't see and that's fair enough but you're the person who owns the company and you make the money you make the bottom line at the end of the day um and that's that's the sick thing really like you you destroy everything that makes you an individual and how many people do we know that their life is nine to five work or mm-hmm. longer. Now it's about nine to six these days. It's yeah. getting even worse. Um, the retirement age is going up, so you won't. You'll be working till you're seventy. I see people in the office who are sixty, and I feel like, how can I work? How can I do this for another forty yeah. something years? Mm-hmm. And then what they do every day after work: go for a drink, watch Netflix, play video games, repeat that. Then on Friday and Saturday night, get absolutely smashed. Yeah. So it's all about like Mr. Robot to keep <laughs> you sedated from the reality that. You're being exploited, mind and body, for your whole life, and then you just die. And that's and that's your contribution being to made, the world. Being made to feel like you have value to add to this company and being made to feel like you should be grateful to be there and being guilt-tripped into, like we said, if you, if you want to just work the hours you're contracted yeah. or if you want to take a sick day guilted into the very few liberties that you have. Sorry, guilted into, like doing it yeah. very strictly and you can't but, like do anything but i think what that. bosses need to realize most people don't give one shit about the company i could not care less about the company it, it yeah. work gives me no personal satisfaction in the slightest i hate it like, i hate the concept of work and i'm not a lazy person it doesn't mean i couldn't do a job and be satisfied with life but the rigid structure of seven to seven commute loads of money spent on crap like that dealing with a shitty boss, no protection, no benefits, literally bottom of the barrel, I'm going to nearly break the law on every level just to make sure you don't have any happiness or and you just, you know, make me the most money you can. And again, individualism just goes out the window for most people because, you know, we talk about generic English people. Mm. How many people are just so generic in terms of you, you can sometimes when you go somewhere, you know what the culture there is like just because it's been so, like, everyone has a shared experience but a lot of people not to big ourselves up because it's hard and i get it you have to really not give in to just like doing stuff to completely relax after a day of work if you want to stay an individual and that's the hard part and then you know with us we have like creative outlets but i can totally understand and that's the main point you've got to choose you've got to choose what you want you can't have kids and have a hobby and have a creative outlet you've got to choose one or the other mm. you can't exercise and have a hobby and a creative outlet you, you've got yeah. to choose one or the other or like me you've got to fit it all in and the expense is you don't sleep much and yeah. for me specifically when i have a problem which i'm pretty sure is visual snow the one thing that helps it a lot is sleeping a lot yeah but then what do i do my health or Again, the only thing that has gives me hope of breaking free of this, you know, nine to five structure, do I just abandon that for my health? Yeah. And then at the end of the day, it's just like a sacrifice. So yeah, and the main point of of capitalism breaks you down, makes you worth all around how much you can contribute to someone's bottom line. And I just wish, and it's just hard to do. People are so brainwashed by it. It makes you look like you know. You we spoke to our parents when you mind about this stuff, I think you're lazy. Yeah. It's not laziness. It's just that unlike in your day, I think a lot of our generation want to be themselves and like make that their life rather than, you know, I got promoted at work today. Yeah. That's great. I literally couldn't give a shit if I got promoted. I don't care. Well, I said to you, like we're both um, ambitious people yeah. and uh, like academically we, we did well and yeah. stuff. Yet neither of us have that same professional drive like we have a we have a drive in in we had a drive in school and and university and everything creative that we do but the one thing one place where we don't have that is work yeah. and that's nothing to do with our personalities because we are so driven outside of work but i feel the exact same like i said to you the other day i don't i don't feel like i need to get um personal satisfaction from work i want to get that from the things i care about unless by some miracle you work in a job which is exactly what you want to do but i said this to you as well like more and more i've been feeling like 
I need to separate my creative passions and my work because it's hurtful when someone interferes in the things you're passionate yeah. about. And I don't mean that in a like snowflake, don't criticize me kind of way. But for example, like I have my film YouTube and, and you have your politics YouTube. Yeah. If we were in jobs where we wrote about that, say you wrote for like a politics yeah, website yeah. or I wrote about a film website, I don't want anyone interfering with that because I love that so much. And I don't want you being like, no, you need to say this. And, and you know, you wouldn't want anyone saying that's a little bit too left field or whatever. Yeah. So like more and more, I feel like, should we separate our creativity and our work and just try and do a job that allows you to enjoy it as much as you can? But that is a, I think that's a problem for a lot of people. Like, whereas I can, so I work in for a news site and a magazine and I like what I write more or less. Um, but the thing that always bugs me is that I know so much more people will watch what I put out on YouTube than read what I write. Yeah. Um, and that to me like vindicates me not caring about this stuff whereas I'm like people care what I say on YouTube way more even though like, my company might have like more of a audience like necessarily it's not an engaged audience like me so I put out mm. a video 1,000 views to 5,000 views uh, people commenting and everything so I get my worth from that but I can totally understand people like who want this voice and maybe you work for something you take a bit of pride in it and I, and I get what you're saying I think I think it's just a bit it can be a bit privileged in the sense that for a lot of people, like we're saying about the time and commitment, you've just got to kind of compromise on what you want mm -hmm. so you can do it. Um, so we have a friend who's a sports journalist and he's, because he's you know, a smart guy, he's been able to get this job where you can pretty much do what he's always wanted to do. Yeah, it's his dream job. Yeah, and there's, yeah. Pe there's people like that. And my, But the thing is, you know, you see those tweets, I don't have a dream job. Yeah. My, my dream job is to make money from doing what I want to do yeah, yeah. and I, I you know I do make money for what I want to do not enough to sustain myself but that that's the dream it's not the dream job I don't want to work for anyone ever I don't want a boss controlling <laughs> my life I want to work for myself I know what's good I know I'm good I don't care what my boss says about my right I don't care what anyone says because I'm confident it's good and I think the good thing about my YouTube it's proved that people think I'm good without me needing some professional sort of, validation or, or editorial yeah. control yeah. no one controls what I do I just do what I want people like it mm -hmm. and that's validation for me if you know you, someone else could watch my video and tell me it's bad and tell me you've got to do x y and z I don't care though because I've always been <laughs> yeah. like strong-minded and I'm not I'm not I'm not you know against criticism and I will take it on board but at the end of the day I know I'm smart enough that my stuff's good I don't yeah. need anyone to tell me it's not or or really it is to you know validate what I feel of it and I said to you the other day didn't I that like the one thing that I've I've always noticed about myself is that I've never had a clear career I've never had a clear vocation or professional goal yeah which is really odd to me because like you know me like I'm, an, I'm a really ambitious person but I've never had that and I think that's a real, um, like, indication of how I feel about the system. I've, yeah. I mean, when I was younger or teenager, my worst nightmare was an office job, nine to five office job. Yeah. At least, you know, something that had nothing to do with what I was interested in. And I think you're kind of the same in, in that, like, we're not like, this is the professional career that I'm aspiring to. I mean, and I, I don't... Mean, there I, are, there I don't, are office jobs... I mean, if I work for IGN or something as a yeah, game yeah, journalist, I could enjoy it a lot more. Yeah, and like, you know... I, I would I'm never like it, though. Yeah, <laughs> and, and obviously because, you know, this is the life, the world we live in, Yeah. Uh, the the goal is to do a job that you enjoy. I guess that would be my, my biggest career aspiration. Like, a, job, a job I enjoy do, doesn't make me, like, hate myself. To do a job you can tolerate, I think, is the thing. And I think that... Is there a job for me that I would like? And I think maybe, but it'd have to be the right combination of... You like what you write, nice team to work with, good boss you get on with, and then that's it. Yeah. I think that's the combination. Whereas, you know, I've read staff at IGN saying, you know, they've had terrible bosses, awful yeah. people, made them basically make up stories yeah. um, to personally hurt people. And that's the dream job being corrupted by uh, a bad office environment. So that's the thing. There's too many factors at, at play. Um, yeah. And just the the rigid nature, which I'm glad they're changing, but for people like me, it doesn't matter. You know, Boris Johnson can tell people on TV, "Go work at home." It doesn't matter for me. Mm -hmm. I'm not I'm not protected yeah. by HR. I, I can't go complain to HR. I can't really get my union involved because he's been so ambiguous. But most corporations take that on board. You know, I don't want to be yeah. sued. Go home. I don't want a big coronavirus outbreak at yeah, uh, yeah. Barclays Bank or some headquarters yeah, exactly, or something. Yeah. Make the company look bad. So um, 
yeah, it's just it's just a frustrating thing, and just and, and you know people like our parents and my grandparents. You know, my granddad died fairly young, and my you know my my mum was talking about he's pretty convinced it's because he worked in like a tire factory. Like mm-hmm. the health and safety is probably awful. Yeah. So you're probably convinced that led to to his death. I can imagine the conditions there. Imagine that for your for your life. Yeah. And that's fa- that's a fair point. Um, but you can't discount the nature of people realizing the complete pointlessness of life when you work in an office. I can't imagine doing this for forty years. I, mm-hmm. I don't want to imagine the real that reality. And that's why I I do have such a drive to make something outside of it because in this environment and everything and this and, and all the other stuff that's going on in the world that's just too depressing to me I look at the older people in the office I'm like I don't want to be like you how how can you still be getting the train buying lunch at Tesco when you're older than my dad uh, and like how can you be that old and still have to act like you're me like I'm starting mm. off and you're grinding you're young but I don't want to do that for the rest of my life like imagine imagine our schedules now and maybe you know replace the parts where your hobby is taken by children yeah that's that's the time or other stuff is replaced by other stuff and then and then think about your life and think about doing this for the rest of your life you you don't even want to live that long because mm-hmm. and, and that's the thing it's like it's a, it's a totally mental thing how, how pointless is your job how pointless is is the, what you're contributing to the society it's it's nothing and what you just do that round and round the roundabout until one day you physically can't do it or you retire and then you just wait to die essentially and that's yeah. that that's that's your contribute you know how, how you contribute to to you know your human um life in general so yeah it's a, it's a depressing thing and i think that's the main thing what people now realize with everything they can read and you can connect with so many people around the world is that work is pointless and the best thing to do if i was a boss make it as comfortable as possible for everyone where they can actually enjoy their lives while making me money, rather than I'm going to exploit everyone <laughs> until they revolt and in the olden times burn down the business and probably kill you. Um, not going to happen in this country since we're so brainwashed. I kind of wish we lived in France sometimes and they're like all throwing motorcycles at the police because they're trying to up the re- retirement age to 65 instead yeah. of 62. Or in this country, we just accept they're up it to 75 oh for no reason. So yeah, this larger country, larger podcast talk about this country's attitude. Yeah. But um. But yeah, um, I think like my simple career goal now is to be in a in a job where you're treated like a human being. Yeah. <laughs> like I've got very low expectations. Like um, just someone who cares about you and a nice, positive, healthy environment. That is yeah. all I want now. And like, I- I'm conscious to not end this podcast on a really like. D- gloomy like doom and gloom like the world is horrible obviously it is at the moment but you know my friend who i mentioned earlier in the podcast who was in a really toxic job and she got out and now she's in a really good job and i said to her like you know what's it like being in a job that you actually like now having been in something so horrible and she said to me i i never thought i could be this happy in a job and that's that is my goal (laughs) and that's all i want and lots of people have jobs they like and thank there are bosses that care about their employees and look after them yeah. and you know my friends have from what i've heard quite nice jobs and that's we're unlucky in the, in that both of our first full-time jobs have been pretty bad um yeah. but i hope there is light at the end of the tunnel yeah so. to end it i'd say i the concept of billionaires is something i disagree with because no one should have that much power <laughs> And obviously, well, we're going into new podcast territory here. And underneath that, you're exploiting people to get to the top. But the the concept of bosses, I disagree with in a lot of ways because you have too much power to affect people's lives. And I think a lot of self, a lot of people who work for maybe manual labor companies, everything, sometimes don't have enough protection. And I think there's little gaps which you can fall through. There needs to be more laws where you know more understanding of sickness, health days, and, and everything more understanding of you know the flexibility and and flexi hours apparently yeah. there are some laws but i haven't seen that strong really? like apparently there's a flex if you ask your boss about flexible hours they have to like give some reason why you can't have it i was reading the other day oh, wow. it's like some ni- 1990s law or something but obviously what not surprise in- that's been kept yeah quiet. <laughs> so like you know and, and why i think it's so hopeless for our generation is look who's in power we want the four-day work week and ubi and it's not unreasonable uh, when we live in such a wealthy country, but when we have who's in power and we see what's happening in this country, it's just it's just seems very far off. So um, yeah, not not to end it on like a uh, too much of a horrible note because up and you know coming up to the hour mark now, so we'll end it here. But it's just like 
you know, for you're saying you want to be happy in a job for me, it's just I don't want to work. And I hate the con- and as long I as mean, that would obviously no, be the ultimate but no, goal. As long as I live, I just hate the concept of work. It just ruins life, yep. really. And and, and, and a lot I know a lot of people take value from their jobs and the relationships. I don't care about anyone I work with, really. I will, you know, my, nearly all of them apart from maybe one, I would happily never speak to again. Like that, I'd click my fingers, they could all like disappear from my brain and I wouldn't care. They, I, most people haven't brought much value to my life. That's a really sinister way of thinking about it. I just don't care. I don't care about... Stay, fa- stay tuned to see if Carvernackle uh, has his job by next yeah, week. I don't care about work relationships. I don't care about work people. I don't care about my job. I don't care about what I do there. I don't care about any of it. My life starts... My life starts I'm when I leave. I'm going to send this to, for your next yeah. job application. My life starts when I leave work and it ends when I enter the building. It's like put on hold and yeah. everything outside that is my actual life. Apart so, from your lunch hour where we apart speak. Apart my lunch hour where we speak. But now it's getting colder so I can't even go to the park so I have to go sit upstairs um, yeah. and it's really uncomfortable. Anyway, if you made it this far, I appreciate you listening. Um, if you want to talk about your job stuff and you just want to feel like someone else understands... Uh, you can message me on my Reddit, um, so you slash Tommy Cahill nine ninety five. Post to my subreddit as well if you want. So r slash the Cavernacle um, on my Twitter or Instagram as well. Give me a message. So at the Cavernacle for both of those. Uh, if Holly, you want to talk about your social medias and uh, YouTube, channel. Yeah. and yeah, of course, you guys will already be subscribed to this, but. Subscribe to my YouTube channel, The Cavernacle. Yeah. Subscribe to my channel as well. Just search my name in YouTube. I have a film YouTube channel. Yeah. And then you search my name on social media and you'll find me there as well. Yeah, watch her cuties video and give her hate. Shut <laughs> up. <laughs> All right, so um, yeah, so ne- next time we haven't decided what topic we'll talk about, but probably be a bouncing off point from something we spoke about in this video, I'd imagine. So yeah, if you made it this far, let me know what you guys think on social media and uh, thank you for listening. Thank you.